Hello, welcome to the Woman by Definition podcast. This episode, I talk with Graham Linehan. He's an Irish comedian who, in collaboration with Arthur Matthews, has written or co-written a string of television comedies. He created or co-created the sitcoms Father Ted, Black Books, The IT Crowd. He's also written for Count Arthur Strong, Brass Eye and The Fast Show. All right, so welcome, Graham. Uh, Glenna, uh, brand new member of the alt right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. in, uh, yep. in today's money. Um, so, my first question for you Who has a better sense of humor? Would it be Catholics or SJWs? <laughs> well, God, uh, that's a good question. I think Catholic, I think it, I, I don't think. I don't think uh, those commonly known as SJWs, a phrase I would never use myself, um, are, um, they have zero sense of humor. It's really, really strange. It's, it's another reason why I think this is such an important fight, you know, um, because the humorlessness of these people is, uh, is, is uh, life-sucking, you know, mm. and, uh, and a sign, you know, and, and a, a sign that basically, you know, another, another symptom of, of a generation of a couple of generations now that have grown up online yeah and they have to filter everything through a through a uh a filter (laughs) of uh, (laughs) of whether they're that's why i'm a writer um uh of whether they're offended or not or or whether it might be offending someone else there's a brilliant fact today i found out that um uh white Democrats are more offended by the fact that Joe Biden is white than black Democrats. <laughs> well, it doesn't. It doesn't really. I, I don't know if that really surprises me in the in this sort of climate in which we live. It's yeah. all offended on somebody else's behalf. Yes, and yes. often the often the people that are supposed to be offended aren't offended at all. I know. I know. It's crazy. And 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 you know. Not just that, but this, I don't know whether uh, you've not been on Twitter for a while now for some reason, and, uh, um, uh, but I don't know if you've noticed that, uh, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of black women who are now coming on to, to talk about this, you know, um, and they're really, <laughs> they're really feared by the other side because, because one of the other side's favorite arguments is um, you're saying that uh, trans women can't come into, uh, you know, uh, uh, women's space. Well, I used to say that about black women. <laughs> you know, it was a racist argument comparing women, uh-huh. women to men, black women to men. Uh, so, <clears throat> excuse me. So, um, uh, yeah. So there's kind of a, a bunch of new faces on uh, who are who are who are kind of going toe to toe with them on that stuff, and it's uh-huh. really it's really fun to watch. You know. Do you think the online thing, like talking about comedy? Um, or sense of humour, rather, when you have those exchanges in real life with your friends, you get the, the benefit of expression, tone of voice, and all that. So we can. So comedy is like much more than a few words on a page. So I'm wondering if all that offence stuff and the lack of sense of humour is because most of their exchanges are in text online. Mm-hmm. So perhaps they lose the nuance of humour. Yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, I mean, how many email conversations have you had that have gone south <laughs> you know I know I've had tons of them with close friends and 
and and you know loads of people and it's just it's simply because that um that softening um you know that we do uh in any sentence we might soften it in a hundred different mm. ways mm. But, but it's not there yeah i think that's true i'm also reading about um uh reading uh, i think it's uh, is it jonathan hatz who wrote this book um the coddling of the american mind oh yes yes which i'm really enjoying but uh, well enjoying the wrong word because it's very frightening but the uh, chapter on depression is 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 especially scary you know saying that the the uh the first wave of uh of hysterically offended kids entering college came a few years you know came when the generation that that kind of grew up with the iphone uh went to college you know and uh i i think that that's pretty pretty damning you know and uh, you know and it, it's it's um you know you, you do have to look into some some of the stuff that we're concerned about you do have to look into the into the fact that you know depression is at the core of a lot of this stuff you know mm. You wouldn't be certain, certain comedy, for instance, uh, or the or the humor uh, of individuals. I used to love Twitter comedy. I used to think it was, you know, you'd see some really interesting takes on things and and um, and and you know surreal points of view. And I used to have fantasies about recruiting people from Twitter to write comedy and so on. But but recently, that's turned again into a kind of a lot of people's jokes are about anxiety, about about how much anxiety they feel. It's almost like a bad. It's almost like a not a badge of honor, but but do you know what I mean? It's it's like a yeah. um, It's like something they're almost proud of, and uh, and I I recognize that anxiety because I've always been very solitary and very um, uh, uh, I've always liked my own company, you know, uh, and so parties and things like that really bring out bring me out in hives, you know. Um, uh, so, so I, I get it, but it feels like too many people have it. You know? mm. so. Well, also, I think people that really have it don't often talk about it every minute of every day. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not their identity. It's just something that they have to try and live with. Yeah. When my daughter started secondary school, she said that loads of girls talked about stress, anxiety, depression, like 11 year olds. I know, I and know. I just, my, my son at primary school had a week on uh, mental health a week yeah and if you're not inviting yeah. kids to find a, a condition i don't know what you are doing talking about it for a week god almighty <laughs> i mean yeah like i i you hear about things like mental health awareness days in schools it's like don't make kids aware of their mental health <laughs> no 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 here's 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 how you here's how you deal with mental health awareness uh, you, you you let them play and things like that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, stop burdening them with mental health. Yes, yes. That will yes. help their mental health. So <laughs> when do you think this... So we talk about, like, the Jonathan Hyde book where he, he, um, he talks about the coddling of the American mind and the fact that it's the iPhone generation. But us parents enabled well i'm not old enough to have kids that age but it's the parents that switched when we start being sort of helicopter parents and worrying about our children's happiness every five minutes of every day not allowing them to be bored yeah. um when do you think we started do, do you think that's that's not my generation i don't think it's your generation we didn't have that as kids did we we no. got told to go away yeah yeah <laughs> But but you know I was as I was as seduced by all that as anyone else. I hate being bored, 
um, uh, you know, and uh, when you're on something like Twitter or or any social network or, um, uh, you know, and most of the things with modern life, it's like you it's like it's like you kind of replace your brain with a pinball machine. That's kind of yeah. making entertaining sounds and blooping and bleeping and and getting getting these rewards and none of them mean anything when you walk away from the table, you know. So yeah. so uh, I do get it. I do get it. And and it it's a it's a it's a substitute for engagement, you know. And and I think that I mean, hopefully, with this lockdown, people. I don't know. I think some good things are coming out of this lockdown. One thing that I think is very good is that is that a lot of ordinary people who, who didn't think about it before are getting very creative. You know, I don't know if you've seen things like the art, art, um, recreation yeah. art paintings and stuff like that. People are, are doing very funny things and, 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 uh, but also they're, they're having big zoom meetings and, and stuff like that. And, and I think that that might do two things. I think first of all, it might, it might get people off the emails and the, like, like you were saying, those misunderstandings and get them face to face with people, and it might it might kind of pique our curiosity about other people. <laughs> you know, once we're once we've been doing this lockdown for a few more months, you know, I think we'll I think we'll be eager to 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 smell and and see other people. And mm. it, it, giving us more internet might actually help us have less internet. But then again, I've been wrong about everything to do with the internet. <laughs> I used to think it was going to just transform the world i thought we were going to be living in a paradise i thought it would destroy capitalism i really thought <clears throat> i thought you too. i did i thought when when music started uh, started going down the toilet in terms of uh, musicians being paid i i'm so embarrassed now at my attitude but my attitude was was no 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 this will open the doors to more musicians and, and it'll be easier access and it won't be like there won't be gatekeepers and it'll all be wonderful and so on and 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 it didn't happen capitalism is too robust and it just yeah. it just made everything worse for for the for the musicians and yeah. so on so you know the whole thing like I remember at the time I used to avoid there used to be all these books about um digital you know people who are rejecting the digital world like uh, I can't remember his name something like Eugene Morozov who wrote who wrote a book called uh something like uh uh click to click to protester I can't remember what it was called but I'm suddenly just developed a huge interest in all those books and all those thinkers you know because because they had it right. And one of the things they had right, which I, again, I'm so embarrassed that I missed this, is that Silicon Valley is a publisher, just like Murdoch. Mm. And, and just like Murdoch, they are really, really affecting our uh, culture. And, uh, you know, the trans, the gender ideology is, 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 is one example, you know, the worst yeah. example, you know? Yeah. I think but, they're worse though, because they can actually control, like, Murdoch, if you don't buy his paper, even though there is a, like, obviously he has influence on the culture, but if you don't buy his paper, you're not necessarily poisoned by his views. But online, all of them seem to have this same opinion and these views that they're pushing. And now I see it even in in the TV programs I watch, I sort of can see this formulaic pushing of agendas oh, yeah. and it's making everything just impossible. Yeah, yeah, like assigned at birth. When you hear people say assigned at birth, mm -hmm. well, well, like Newsnight started saying it and then they dropped it really quickly, which I was happy about. 
Um, but uh, but yeah, all these little things, the sign of birth, and 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 the same tropes and arguments over and over again. Uh, as you as we were saying uh, before our chat, um, the whole thing of uh, oh, whenever you whenever you uh, show predatory behavior of one person, you're supposedly talking about the whole yeah. the whole uh, gang, and, and it's like, well, you know, how many. And trans people do I retweet every day? <laughs> agree with me, you know, or agree with us, you know. So what where does this argue? But but the argument is completely invulnerable. It's just invulnerable. And then you say that, and they say, Oh yes, you're tokens. They're we're the trans folks, they're calling these people tokens, you know. It's just extraordinary. It's it's not even the individuals, is it? Really, it's it's about the it's for me, it's about the state capture and it's about the institutions. Yeah. You know, if somebody wants to do whatever they want to do with their body, however they want to live their lives, they are you know, they are free in a free and open society to do that. But what is not free is then if the rest of us are enforced by their ideology through the state to accept it. Yeah, and, and one thing I do love about about this fight is is um, that's never going to happen. It's, we're never going to accept it. You know, no. the, you you and I know that that we'll go to jail if we have to. You know, like like there's 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 just no way it's going to happen. So so that gives me hope because I think that once um, once after a while they might get even they might get a little bit embarrassed about telling women to shut up and. Do what they're told yeah. you know so you know it's it's unfortunately you know it's taking too long you know it but uh like i i genuinely thought this would be all over in a, in a few weeks because i thought i mean i know that's arrogant I, all the women who've been fighting this like julie bindle god she's been cancelled for 13 years or something but i thought in my in my naivety again i thought oh when people find out when yeah. my when my followers find out about binding, for instance, like chest binding, they'll 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 wise up. Or when they find out about, sorry, I must turn that off. Um, <laughs> but when they find, I don't know how to do that actually. How do I turn off my messages now? Well, hopefully that won't happen again. I don't get many people getting. Don't worry. <laughs> um, uh, uh, sorry, where was I? Um, oh yeah, uh, uh, I thought they'd got like for instance, I remember I said to Michaeline Black, who's a comedian in, in America who has who's, again like everything else, opinions on everything goes quiet on this one. but he did take the time to say to me when I started going on about this, and I was talking about binders, he said, Graham, Graham, the kids are working something out, <laughs> you know, something like that. And it really I just found it so annoying, you know, I mean, the kids are working something out and they're getting double mastectomies. You know, and his history, yeah. that's not working so nice. No, know? it's not a bad piercing, is it? No, no, it's not. Not quite, no. Unless or you even get, a... Unless you get a giant earring through your stomach. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it, it's quite mind, I, I find from a human point of view, a human interest and behaviour point of view, it's entirely fascinating what once some people are sort of halfway on board this ideology and haven't really understood it don't really know the implications but even when you tell them the worst of the worst that there's 12 year olds in america girls on testosterone they just go they just go along with it yeah 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 it's really it's really i just don't it's really 
I, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> I've been thinking, and now, you know, I've had a lot, I've had a long time to think about this now for a couple of years and being, being canceled by all and sundry. Most recent thing is they, they went after a show that my wife did that I, that I worked on three years ago, you know, uh, that I, that I haven't worked on since. Um, uh, you know, this is just constant. And it's like, <sighs> And, and and none of these things have any impression that none of the like like how could you look at the way women's sports is being destroyed and not have empathy? How could you do it? John Ronson was more annoyed about me sharing uh photos of this 47-year-old bloke on a fucking college girls team than he was about the about the story itself, you know? And and it just goes to show, doesn't it, that that misogyny is like, like that oh, thing, yeah. wasn't it Jermaine Greer said, women have no idea how much men hate us or something like that. And I, I never, I, I, I always knew there was truth in that, but I, but I never thought I would see it expressed so, so blatantly and, and unashamedly, mm. you know, the hatred yeah. of women just off the scale. And it's so common that it's invisible to people, you know, it's just completely invisible. It's the air we, we swim in. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Well, even in this debate, on our side of this debate, and yourself is excluded because clearly you were a very well-known person prior to this debate, unlike most other people within it. And even the men that say very little get championed within yeah. the movement above women that, that have been saying things for years, if not decades. Yeah. It's um, It never ceases to surprise me. Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. No, so I, I, thought, I, I thought you were giving Benjamin Boyce a slightly hard time. <laughs> he was trying to, <laughs> trying to deflect it a bit when I saw that. But you're right, you know, you're right. And, and I'll give you a brilliant example at the moment. Um, John Nicholson, the, the uh, I think he's an SNP member. Uh, uh, I don't know if you know Helen Staniland. Um, yes, I do. Yeah, but Helen uh, just very doggedly keeps asking the same question, which is, do you think women and girls should have to undress in, in a place with uh, uh, a trans woman with a penis, something like that, you know? It's, um, it's, a, very, it's a very stark and good question to keep asking. It, it, has, it has a little bit of the power of adult human female, if you don't mind me saying so. Um, and, uh, it, uh, and she just asks, and, and, and basically, and everyone, all the men just ignore her, Nicholson especially ignored her. And then Jonathan Ross replied and he said, I'll answer. Uh, women have every right to 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 not, you know, be in a space with mm. with, with a male body person. And Nicholson responds to him and is now and is trying to get a debate going with him. <laughs> and with, he, with Jonathan Ross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. And there's another guy who's another male ally whose name is uh, Reb Stew. Uh, he does a website. I, you probably know him. Uh, 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 Wings over Scotland, and. And and he's he's invited him on onto his show, so so Stuart's going to go. I'm hoping Stuart will go, go on. I don't want to blow the deal, but I'm hoping Stuart will go on and just shame him into at least acknowledging that Helen asked him the question. There's no way yeah. he can pretend he hasn't seen it. But isn't that well, this was my yes? Yeah, it, well, it's I mean this is my this was my baptism into this whole thing when I asked in labour groups and lefty groups. Does my 11-year-old daughter have the right to use a female changing room and not see an adult penis? You know, that was that was something that I said 
um, right at the beginning of this, which made me realise it was such an issue because I got kicked out of those groups for my transphobic comments yeah. and my daughter was accused of being a pervert for looking at uh, women's penises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so um, I've heard but, that as well. I've heard that as well. That that the girl, the the girl, the young girls shouldn't shouldn't be looking at the trans woman. It's just so everything, nuts. everything they can do to portray men as victims. You know? Yeah, little girls looking at them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so it's so nuts. So this obviously must have done something to your belief system in that you know, what you thought would shock people and deter people from this nonsense hasn't. Has that, has that made you question loads of stuff? Are you still very on firm ground with other beliefs? Um, no, especially when it comes to the internet. I used to be very proud of myself that I, that I was such a, a, a prominent voice during Gamergate, that I was, uh, you know, again, I, I, had, I was white knighting uh, but but you know it was a it wasn't on every level but on many levels and you might even say most levels it was a um, uh, it was a misogynistic hate campaign directed against getting women off off the internet but the, I do now realize that a lot of the people who were on my side during that fight were you know just the same type of people we were fighting misogynists and 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 incels and and like you know it's really depressing how many furries there are in this fight do you know what a furry is yes do i do yeah we none of us should know what a furry is it should be the mm. least well-known subculture like it's like like before all this furries were at the very bottom of the nerd hierarchy you know they were I think completely justifiably <laughs> uh, looked down on by everyone else in in nerd fandom, you know, um, because uh, it's 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 the most cringeworthy, gross. Uh, uh, if not paedophilic, then certainly paedophilia adjacent uh, hobby yeah. that one can have. It's it's just, and I think a lot of those furries decided to. Um, call themselves, uh, to put their pronouns in their bio and call themselves queer, whatever it happens to be, simply to rise up in the hierarchy. And sure enough, they are actually, you know, there's no, there's been no furry murders recently, which, which is, which is, you know, for it. <laughs> but, but, you know, they, 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 um, you know, the, 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 the furry subculture is a very good example of how white, I would say mostly straight kids have kind of clawed their way up the social ladder by using trans uh, uh, trans identities as cover, you know. And uh, and another good example of you know when you when you have that happen, that kind of cultural shift, then uh, what of people who really do have crippling gender dysphoria? You know, how do you get to how do you see them? Through the how do you see the wood for the, the wood for the trees, you know? But yeah. but but yeah, so that's one that's that's one thing. I'm, I'm and I'm kind of disappointed with the way nerds have been behaving. It, I I sometimes call this whole thing revenge, the real revenge of the nerds, you know, because it's like uh, it's like uh, shut-ins uh, getting their revenge on women finally, you know, by taking yeah. pictures of themselves, mm. uh, you know, with with pigtails. Um, 
you know, and beards and, and fucking uh, trolling women by calling themselves women, you know. So it's, um, it's uh, yeah, so that, that's been disappointing. But the worst thing, I guess, has been the left, you know, which I always considered myself part of. Um, uh, and I always fought uh, in a very, you know, the same kind of anger and, 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 and kind of, uh, uh, I would, I now kind of see it as, 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 um, uh, exhausting and annoying, uh, flame of righteousness that I used to have, you know, over everything. Well, you know, I, I, I live in fear of looking back over my Twitter feed before all this and seeing the type of <laughs> because, you know, like, like I mean, I've gone from I've gone from that to I've gone from not posting links to the Daily Mail uh, because I'll send them the traffic to writing for the Mail on Sunday, you know, and it's simply because the left has been so appalling on this, and the right, yeah. the right are stepping up for women. They're stepping up for women. I'm, I'm, one of my friends now is Jackie, the conservative MP, you know, who, who's 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 um, who's talking about, you know, I mean, that's the brilliant thing. The one brilliant thing about it is I lost my tribe. I lost my left wing buddies, you know, um, and I'm, but, but in place of that, I've, I've made friends with a kind of a coalition, a rainbow coalition, if you will, of, um, of women from, from every political persuasion, you know, mm. and that's kind of, that's kind of, I think that's made me better as a person. I think I'll never, I'll never have, I think I did have that view that's in um, the cuddling of the American mind that the world is divided into good and evil people. And the evil people are on the right and the good people are on the left. I no longer believe that to be true. I think that the, the, the good and evil people are um, evenly distributed amongst every political uh, persuasion, <laughs> except, maybe, yeah, yeah. except maybe Nazis. I don't yeah, think Nazis. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think I think they don't seem to be on the right track. <laughs> no, and white supremacists, you know, if you can genuinely really hate a, a race of people, then yeah, yeah. I, reckon, I reckon you whatever, even if you vote left. Um, yeah. So are if, are if then stormfronts? Then things have really gone downhill. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the left is really how I find the left is I haven't really changed. I've stopped being a bit of an ass when it comes to the tribe thing. Um, and I see people as full humans. Whereas before, when I voted Remain, I was probably quite disparaging about people that voted to leave. And now I see that as just part of this whole same way of discussing something, which isn't really a discussion. It's uh, you're wrong. And mm. I'm not really going to listen to why you think you're not wrong. Yeah. And, um, so I did a lot of that. Um, yeah. So the left has moved. Have you probably haven't changed? The left has just kind of darted off in a train wreck. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I don't I don't feel I left the left, but they but 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 the left, I think, in uh, as a as a as a as a as a kind of coalition of of, of uh, forces on a larger scale left is done with me you know i can i wouldn't be able to i wouldn't be able to volunteer for most left-wing parties no. or anything like that you know so but you know that's that's that that's fine again i feel i just feel you know oh 
God, I just I kept my integrity. That's all that matters to me. Mm. They tried, they tried everything they could to make me shut up, to to stop me from talking, and uh, and I didn't, and I won't, you know. So, so I feel good that um, I got tested not by uh, the right, who are who are uh, relatively easy to um, resist, but the mm. left, who are much harder, because the left yeah. use 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 shaming and i think i think basically gamergate the, the 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 secret the secret sauce that they didn't have that the left have is shaming you know shaming is is something the left really really loves to do um and uh, and i think it's been extremely powerful especially when it comes to women i think women that's why that's why i am much more forgiving of women who who don't speak about this than men you know like, like I just, I, I know, I know um, uh, everyone should speak about it, but, but my frustration at, at, about women isn't as strong because I just know that they get destroyed in a way that men don't. No reason yeah. I want to do it, you know. Once I genuinely thought if I, if I can, if I can uh, keep doing it, then maybe it'll be safer for, you know, safer for, for women to do it, you know. Or for anyone to well do. yeah i i think you're absolutely absolutely right on that score that it is more difficult for women to speak up but also more women do go along with it which i find utterly perplexing mm. more men understand that a penis belongs to a man than mm. women <laughs> seem to there's some weird thing that goes on there yeah yeah i think it's because you know not all trans uh, women, but some trans women are, are are simply effeminate gay men, and women have always had a a, a, a warm relationship with effeminate gay men. You know, a protective yeah. relation, and in many ways, it's 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 uh, it's admirable. You know, but the problem is that it's uh, you know the 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 these you know it it just comes down to the fact that but they think that they're um, protecting their friends by telling them lies. Um, and we know, of course, that they're setting them up for a terrible fall yeah. because the world was, is not going to go along with, no. their, with their pronoun requirements, you know? So, you know, at some point they're going to just, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to keep hitting that wall of, of reality. And, and, and what, what their friends are actually doing is gaslighting them, you know? Yeah. So <clears throat> so that you know, they think that the world outside of this will will be uh, will 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 treat them the same way. But but you know, not always. You know, so, but even women that watch watch their daughters lose a running race to a couple of boys, they still will champion those boys. I don't. I just don't get it because in my mind's eyes, my thirteen-year-old daughter and the memory of how I felt when I was a teenager. So those yeah. those people. <laughs> memory yeah. of myself and my daughter are far more important mm -hmm. than a man validating himself in a space that makes women feel uncomfortable yeah, yeah yeah i heard that about someone vaguely famous vaguely famous uh i won't say who but it was someone who um was with a woman and uh and you know it was all um come on let's 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 pop into the toilets you know like it was a like it was a a thrilling thing for, for for this guy and this woman to do you know and she said you know i was very uncomfortable <laughs> i was very uncomfortable but i couldn't say anything could never say anything you know uh and and this this guy is is going through life thinking that everyone's just great with this stuff you know yeah 
it's 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 i i genuinely and you, you might have to bear with me but i genuinely blame tony blair for all of this <laughs> because because for me the the iraq war lie the big war lie, the big lie that brought us into the war or the series of lies when we saw he was lying and we protested against it and the protests had no effect and we were right and iraq was an absolute shit show because bush's team couldn't give a damn about the people of iraq um uh nothing happened absolutely there was no consequences for anybody and and i think that that was that laid the groundwork for people like trump to be able to come along and and just lie and lie and lie and lie and 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 you see it at then you see it on a micro level with people like john nicholson who just pretends he yeah. didn't see this this tweet from helen stanelan and everybody now is in this kind of um, bubble where they they simply don't have to listen to things that don't that make them that that they simply don't have to listen to anything that makes them uncomfortable or register it or pretend they've seen it they 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 can they can exist on we we're all now existing on these multiple levels of reality and truth and 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 i think blair kind of gave people permission for that unfortunately mm. You know, well, Putin's been doing it for years, hasn't he? Where he doesn't have, you can't pin him to a position. He just has like these political technicians just to move around vaguely, opposing stuff, but never supporting anything. Yeah. Putin, so, yeah. There's a book I really want to read called, um, it's called something like Everything is Accepted and Nothing is, oh, I can't remember what it's called, but, it, but it's, uh, it's, about, it's about how Putin um, uh, just creates so much static that no one knows what's real anymore. And Trump actually said that. Trump said that to the press, someone in the press. He said, they said something like, why do you do, why do you attack the press or why do you lie so much about blah, blah, blah. And he said, I do it so no one will believe you. I do it so that, you know, uh, 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 the more I do it, the less people will believe what you're saying. And, and we're now in a state where we, I mean, we've seen it with the coronavirus, coronavirus. Uh, um, but we're now, you'd think I'd know how to pronounce that by now. But you think we're now, <laughs> we're now in a state where, Everything we hear, we have to put through a filter, you know, like they just they just uh, said today that the deaths from it are, are, are twice what what they've been announced, something like 41,000 when when we've been told it's 20,000, you know, and and so and then and, and and so no wonder things like the 5G thing are going on because no one knows who to trust. Yeah. No yeah. one knows who to trust. Trust is completely broken down, you know. So I, I I I really worry about that. We really need people to start telling the truth, or it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna devolve into you know. Well, like we you... don't really have journalists, do we? We don't. I mean, we do, but generally speaking, we have. You know, I can't tell you the amount of times I start reading something and then just stop because there's too many there's too many uses of the word I, uh, and I just get to the point with these things where I think. I don't really want to hear your opinion about why you think something because you went and had a cup of tea in a cafe. I mean, I want yeah. to hear something meaty, which obviously takes more money and we're not buying, consuming and paying for the press like we used to. So perhaps yeah. they can't afford it. Yeah. But um, journalism has sort of failed us somewhat. No, everything has. Everything's failed. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, again, all of these things that I always just had, had faith in are being kind of uh, undermined in various different ways. Like the way people just repeat the the bogus stats 
about suicide um, in the trans issue and 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 all the all these kind of you know all these kind of um, uh, they used to call it Stephen Colbert used to call it truthiness you know it's kind of vaguely truthy sounding and everybody's saying it so you know but but it's it's actually not true it has no basis you know it has no uh, it has, has no foundations yeah I bet Colbert's actually used the trans suicide stat. Oh yeah, I bet he has. I bet he has. You know, right on board with that. Yeah. What do you What do you make of um, so more broadly than just the trans stuff? But there's lots of things that is unpalatable to say these days that may or may not be true, that may or may not be popular. Mm -hmm. um, but it's still a moral position. Mm -hmm. um, when did celebrity and especially comedians stop being able to say these things? Like, do you think that's Twitter? Do you think it's the instant cancel culture? Um, hmm, I don't know. I think like every, I think like every industry, there's 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 trans people in the industry, and and they these comedians or whoever have this, you know, they see they meet a trans comedian in a club, and they seem nice, you know, and that's the end of their thinking about it, you know, the the. What I what I don't understand is the lack of curiosity, the the being able to to pause that for a second and say and say okay, but but we need to talk about other things like the Tavistock and you know um, the the misogyny and and uh, anti-lesbian kind of stuff that you see around. Yeah. You know? But but then their curiosity just disappears, you know, and that's that does strike me as strange. And the other thing that does strike me as strange, I said this to Frankie Boyle. I said if you if you look at someone like uh, Alex Drummond and think that he's a woman, right? Then you ha you have to hand in your comedy card. That's it. You're not allowed to do comedy anymore. If you can ignore a joke like that, you know, what like like a white man who's taking the piss and and trolling women. If you can ignore something like that, hand it in. You're done. Frankie Boyle is done. I used to think that Frankie Boyle was 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 a very sharp kind of truth teller. You know, and now I see that he's just your regular stagnant comedian. You know, yeah. Just, he, he, like, like the 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 fact that he he's too frightened, not only too frightened to confront uh, that stuff, but actually supports it and actually says, no, these. You know, he said simply, he made some hilarious joke about these people, these people who are so oppressed, they have to create a name for their, they have to create new names for their oppression. It's like. Oh, Frankie, you know, you absolute pandering coward, you know? Well, the man that told jokes about somebody's uh, son with learning difficulties and rape yeah. and Kerry Katona and all that woman-hating stuff he used to do, which I'm pretty sure I used to laugh at, not the joke about yeah, um, Katie yeah. Price's son. That was grotesque. Yeah. But the, the Kerry Katona stuff, where he used to just go for it every week on Mock the Week, like mm. just really appalling things. And mm. then you think, well, of course, of course he's going to go along with the whole. Yeah. I think he's a patron or something of of some small charity or he's got something, there is some inroad there for him, which right. has meant that his thinking has just gone gone off. But yeah. um, but for, for loads of them won't touch this subject. And I, I thought, I would have thought, your yeah, ardent kind of really good comedians, they would be talking the most about the things that they are not allowed to speak of. 
Yeah, the only there's only a few people who are doing it now. One of them is Dave Chappelle, and Dave Chappelle is, um, you know, uh, he I I described it. I'm not exaggerating. I I am given to hyperbole, but 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 I'm not exaggerating when I say that Dave Chappelle makes me feel like a human being, like I'm alive, you know, because he's he says he's 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 just telling the truth. Uh, he's not afraid. They can't cancel him because he's got too much money, and uh, and and yet he goes up and he does these jokes and like all the other jokes he does, he doesn't punch down. He punches he punches every which way. Um, you know uh, the way he was characterized in on his last special that he was he was he was punching down at Michael Jackson's accusers. You know such bullshit. It was the setup for one of the funniest jokes I've ever heard. His, his saying that I don't believe them, they're lying, was was just a setup. It was a setup for a glorious joke. I, I really please do get on Netflix and watch it. You know, he's 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 very funny. But no one is doing that. Jim Jeffries bent the knee. Frankie Boyle bent the knee. You know, they all bend the knee. And if they don't bend the knee, then they just stay quiet. Now I understand staying quiet. Like like a lot of the time, I get angry about people who stay quiet, but. I do, I do kind of understand it with comedy because it's a front-facing profession. You've got the audience right there, and they can shout at you and ruin your gig. I get that. I get that a little bit, you know. Um, some people might not. But there's others who aren't comedians but are kind of com comedy figures, and, and they should be talking about it and, and aren't, you know. Um, mm. Charlie Brooker, I really hope Charlie starts talking about it soon because, you know, to ignore it at this stage, you know, he's got to do it. He's got to do it. I haven't spoken to him about it, but, you know, if he's not doing it for his roundup of the year and all that sort of stuff, he's really, he's ignoring, you know, a huge, a huge reservoir of comedy and, um, and you know, surrealism and madness, you know, and if you ignore it, then you're, you're I think you, you, there comes a point when you're complicit. Yeah. You know, not, no, not talking about Charlie. He, I'm not saying he's complicit for He's no. saying babies are born without a sex. How does that not get into a comedy show? You know? Um, uh, what was the other one? Uh, no, no, that was Don Butler. Lisa Nandy said that pedophiles should be housed with, with, with uh, female prisoners. You know, it's like the jokes are laying on right there. And, and you're yeah. just... You're just pretending they're not there. That's dishonest. Well, even the, um, even, I, and I was talking about myself because I'm such an ego-driven woman, <laughs> but even my billboard, like as a standalone story, the fact that that didn't even get a mention on sort of any of the news panel shows was just a little bit insane. It was yeah. such a massive, it was a, you know, they removed the dictionary definition of the word woman. If yeah. that isn't like, oh my God, like, how hilarious is that? It's so mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're cowards. And and uh, I know a few female comedians who uh, who bang the drum for this stuff louder than anyone else. And, and, and I know they're kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> they're not, well, you know, it's to, to call themselves to call yourself a feminist and then ignore something like that, you know, doesn't I'm sorry, no, again, hand in your card, you're done, you know, yeah. not me to, to tell women that they should hand in their cards, but comedians certainly who don't fucking who don't fucking point out how crazy this is, hand yeah. in your card, you're done, you're done. 
<laughs> uh, but the, but then the female politicians who don't say anything about it, I just I was thinking I just find it appalling. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm blabbering a lot. I hope it's okay. Um, I, no, I, you carry on. Don't apologise. Well, I got I, you on to talk. Okay. okay. <laughs> but, but last night I was I was uh, I was thinking about this, and um, oh yeah, yeah. I rem I remembered something. I remembered something that Lisa Nandy used to always say when they were interviewing her about trans stuff. This is what she would say. She'd open up the conversation every time by saying, "We have to be very careful here." And I love that. I thought that was very revealing because basically what she's saying is she's internalized, she's had her Stonewall meetings and she's internalized the thing of no debate. You, 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 you can't talk about this, you know? So every time anyone tried to talk about it, she was immediately in there with, we have to be very careful here, <laughs> you know? And it's just, it's just extraordinary that, that they genuinely think there's a whole group of people uh, who are who are really significantly impacting the lives of, of people all around the world in different ways, with young girls getting surgeries and and men imposing themselves on in women's spaces, and 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 yet we have to be very careful here. We can't talk about yeah. it. You know, we can only talk about magic. It. It's magic, though. <laughs> like I just can't. This whole thing of making people not talk about. The bodily abuse of children yeah. uh, through medicines—that's—that's yeah. that's some extraordinary power. That's you know that's more powerful than anything I can think of. That you actually change the way people think about things that are so abhorrent. Mm, mm. Yeah, and, it's just and, crazy. Yeah, I know, and it's um, and it's it's it's. I think it's a bit like. Uh, do you remember the red and green dress that everybody was talking about? That yes. Some, it's like that. Some people see a red and green dress. Some people see a blue and orange dress, whatever it is. And 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 you know, you can't con 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 you can't convince one side of the of the color that you can see. You know, it's it's yeah. it's insane. You know, but like you know, it would it wouldn't. But if the red and green dress was if if its color was responsible for children being being medicalized, then you. Yeah. No, you'd have to have a proper chat about it, you know. Anyway, sorry. But I think we trust we trust our doctors too much, don't we? So we uh, we sort of trust the idea that if somebody goes to an NHS gender identity clinic or whatever it's called, and that person says that it's better for that child to have yeah. no puberty and adolescent development, then somehow we think that's such a massive thing that it must be right. You know, it can't. And the same with Stonewall. Stonewall's, Stonewall's stamp on, on something. You know, people, I often say it, that just people outsource their common sense to Stonewall. Yeah. The, police, the police especially, you know. Like, the police know. The police, surely. Like, the police kind of hanging around outside the women's place meeting and letting those protesters smash on the windows and stuff like that, you know. Like. We had it in Bristol at the Jam Jar where the police refused to move trans activists who were stopping people like Judy Bindle and Heather Brunskill Evans from climbing up the stairs. Yeah. And they were blocking the fire exits. Then they tried to break in the building. Then they were going to set up smoke alarms and fire alarms and all that sort of stuff. And the, the police really did nothing. And I I just thought, I wonder, because these were all little posh kids, clearly, yeah. uh, all university students. I wonder what they would have done if 
we were different it was a different demographic in the room and it was a different you know if it was white working class teenage boys blocking yep. the stairs and it was a group of uh, i don't know uh, black people meeting or a yep. gospel church choir i wonder if that would have been yeah, the same no, I, response yeah, it's like we were saying earlier misogyny is just the invisible racism it's 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 like the it's like uh, something that's so part of people's bloodstream that they just yeah. don't see it you know they 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 are befuddled when you say when you point out how regressive their beliefs are you know they just and they and and they they just don't see it it's crazy yeah <laughs> so um is this good material then for you are you writing at the moment or is it too crazy no. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the, pro the problem with it as a subject is that it's like, I mean, I, I, you know, people, you, you see things like that uh, Andrew Doyle character and stuff like that. And, and the, the problem for me is that the Andrew Doyle character, uh, like you can find a million people like that who are saying the same things and worse, saying absolutely insane things, you know? So for me, the comedy is just kind of lying around. Um, but it's too easy to find for me. It's like if I went, if you do a, a Google search on, on um, you know, the words, for instance, a, wo a, a woman's testicles, you, you'll get loads of results. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. so it, it, the comedy is just kind of there, but it's almost uh, too easy because I think, I think a lot of kids are, 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 I think I think mental illness is is kind of behind some of this stuff, you know. Uh, 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 too much time online, um, uh, and a, and a kind of a, a exposure to hot takes of one sort or another. Uh, these these kind of galaxy. They, do you know the galaxy brain meme? No. You know, it's just it's kind of like you know. Well, you might say that um, you know dogs should be. I don't know. Uh, you might say it's basically an idea that's 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 gone from smart to utterly stupid, you know, and insane, and yet you, you still see it being um, uh, uh, proposed. Um, but uh, there's all these galaxy brain takes all over the internet that people are taking completely seriously, and 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 it it slips into their heads. I remember having a, a conversation with. Um, uh, a friend of my daughter once, you know, and, and we were talking about this stuff, and she said, um, and I said, well, you know, uh, the idea that uh, that that uh, you know lesbians should be should be attracted to uh, men is is homophobic, you know, and she said, no, I think that's biphobic, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, so they're all kind of bamboozling each other into these beliefs that yeah. are that are that are really, you know not going to make them happy that are really distressing and and i don't find that funny in the end in the end i find that really sad so so that's going to be but having said that the good thing that has happened um is that as i say through through being in this i have met so many amazing people you know i mean uh as a guest in this fight i get to go to magdalene uh magdalene service and and see you and 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 you know Julie Bindle and and all sorts of other people and and I get to float about between you all without getting into trouble because 
as I say, I'm a guest. No one expects me to 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 take sides and all that sort of stuff because there's a few, as you as you I'm sure are aware, there's a few. Uh, uh, um, uh, what would you call them? Fault lines sometimes in feminism, as there is in every group, I guess. But um, but I'm able to kind of navigate it usually pretty well, and and as a result, I just meet fantastic women all the time. You know, just social workers, teachers, um, you know, policemen. Uh, I've I've had a homicide, uh, a female homicide detective, ring me up um, to tell me how much the police hate <laughs> all this stuff, um, and um, it's it's. As a writer, that's invaluable, you know, and it's filling the tanks so that the next time I write a comedy, it hopefully won't be about a bloke trying to write a comedy, which is what a lot of comedies seem to be about at the moment. You know, the the whole meta thing that Seinfeld originally did and then Larry David came along and did with Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's like it's like people just have started um, have lost the ability to research other people's lives and write comedy about that. It's all about them. Well, as long as you only write about white men, you'll be all right. Well, yeah. For God's yeah. sake, don't go off topic. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, it, 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 there's like a... I, I always wanted to be a writer in the sense that I wanted to get into other people's lives and, and, and empathise with other people, not not my own struggles. I find my own struggles boring. But 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 to to, to try and imagine yourself into someone else's life is... A really valuable thing and it's what writing is all about and 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 i used to live in a bit of a media bubble you know before all this now i can't <laughs> they won't let me in <laughs> but but um but the 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 great thing is i'm in this new bubble you know of, of just yeah. as the tribe of women you know and and it's so, the, best, the best thing that could have happened to me as a writer so have you got any like when you wrote your other massive things so when you started with father ted did that start as a grain of something what how did the, yeah. that process happen well arthur was uh arthur used to do ted as a stand-up character um right. he always he was i loved him i just used to i remember once some people were heckling him and i i i, I was beside them in the audience and i turned around and i said shut up <laughs> <laughs> Because I loved him so much, you know, and his character as well, such a gentle character. His the line we always quote is he used to he used to come out to the audience. This is a band wait, this was an audience waiting to see a gig, you know. And he used to he used to read out all the church notices and then he'd say, um, and if anyone if anyone at the back can't see, uh, say hello to them. They're from St. Kevin's School for the Blind. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so, so he was just, it was just a delight. So we had the voice in our head. We knew exactly how he sounded. So when you have someone's voice in your head, when you know, um, like we knew little things, like he, would, he wouldn't he would curse, you know, we would never curse. We, and we broke that rule once or twice, but only only in the service of a really good joke. Um, but 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 there were little things we knew about him and that made him easy to write. And then, and then Dougal and Jack and Mrs. Doyle kind of grew up around him. They started off as just very kind of uh, uh, sketch, sketch-like characters. Uh, Jack, in fact, you know, Jesus, he remained a sketch character until the end. You know, he, he, we really painted ourselves into a corner with Jack because he only said four things, you know. Uh, Mrs. Doyle came to life a lot more, uh, but she began as simply as that little routine, the go on, go on, go on routine, uh, when, the, when the priest wouldn't have a cup of tea. Um, and Dougal just arrived because we always loved the stupid characters. We always loved Trigger um, and right. people like that. 
and uh, we did, in fact I, I i was i'm really delighted that i i can't remember his name now but we met the actor who played trigger before he died and i was able to tell him that you know and it was great because he brought over his wife and told us to tell his wife Aww. that was lovely you know um so you know uh yeah and and then uh when the actors came on um in the second series it was even easier it was almost like we we just were turning on a tape recorder and listening to them speak you know um like the flight into terror episode which which uh uh with the essay competition on the plane that's going down to see who gets the parachutes um we wrote that in two days you know and right. we, we barely changed the word of it because it was just flowing from us at that point you know wow so <laughs> have you got any minor grains of inspiration from well, yeah, this I stuff yeah, I think. Well, yeah, I, I think I, I think there's a way of talking about it that comes at it from a different angle. I'm, I'm looking for that at the moment, um, where it's not front and center, but where it's certainly influencing events um, and and adding to an environment. You know, like I know some people I know now, they are being forced to put their uh, pronouns in in their sig email signatures. Um, so, you know, definitely something about the, about the culture around it. I don't think you can ignore it anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, more, yeah, it's, um, it's just become, it's just everywhere. Like even in the middle of my kids, uh, my boy was playing Minecraft and he said that there was an advert for mermaids, right? Slap bang in the middle you of Minecraft videos. No, no, no. Right. I, yeah. you know, so they've, that sort of. I think we changed society when we started marketing to children and commercialization yeah. of childhood. I think it changed somewhat, but now to have active, it kind of feels like recruiting kids. Um, yeah, the, the, the escape button they put on their website, that was very revealing. But, but, I, but I did hear good news actually from someone who said that mermaids hate, hate the lockdown because you know they do their grooming face to face. And yeah. And uh, it's really hard for them uh, in the lockdown to maintain the same control over mm. kids. So, so that's one good thing about the lockdown, you know. Yeah. Well, what school is going to give a crap about being a Stonewall champion? You know, when they're worried that their kids have missed six months of maths and English and science. Yeah, what school I, is going to give up a day for mermaids training? I just can't see it happening. This, What this pandemic may do is a bit of a leveller on what is actually important and maybe slipping down a little bit from the peak of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we're gonna find ourselves, you know, reconnecting. You know, most of us are spending time with our families or even on our own. Mm. And so um, I just don't see how these frivolous, luxurious, silly identities are gonna survive. Yeah. But I could be wrong. Well, it depends. I mean, I mean, yeah, it could go that way, but but the other thing that could happen is like <laughs> we could be kind of reenacting Mad Max in two years, you know, uh, it, it feels like, uh, it feels sometimes like, what's that phrase, the center cannot hold, you know, the, the, if people, we, we, we definitely need someone who people can trust at the helm, you know, um, someone who will tell us the truth, even if it's painful, you know, we don't have that at the moment. And, and I think that if that continues, then we'll continue that, that multi-level of reality thing that just can't be sustained, you know, that in the end is going to lead to riots and all sorts of things. So, so my, my, not my, my usual optimism has, has waned ever so slightly. <laughs>
<laughs> well, yeah. I just see people like I live in a quite an insular little place. It's not particularly friendly. Mm. And now you go to the supermarkets with the distancing, and everyone's sort of smiling and no, saying uh, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I do like that aspect. I, I, I saw two people sitting in in the cars in the parking lot um, uh, nearby talking to each other. You know, and they 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 just come out to drive to a place, park next to each other, and chat. You know, and you know, it's 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 lovely. The little bits of the good news stories. The fact that at the moment, and I'm quite cynical about big corporations, but the ones that know that it's good PR to be good to your staff and to be good to, I don't know, the NHS or raising funds or supporting people, yeah. uh, that's been quite good. I mean, obviously, it's only good PR. They're not doing it because they're charities. Yeah. But uh, I think that's quite, a, that's quite a nice thing. And these huge acts of kindness. So the 17-year-old care worker who made a cushion for a 94-year-old man with a picture of his... Uh, wife who died the, the previous year and he yeah. was taking her frame to bed and so instead she gave him a cushion with his face on she's 17 she's living in the care home so that she doesn't put the the residents at risk and you just think yeah those are the stories i want to hear yeah yeah no there's some wonderful there's some wonderful things happening um you know it's uh it's i do think that as i say i think it's weird but the fact that everybody is now uh, forced into sitting at a computer all day, I just think that I just think that it, it has to lead to some sort of reevaluation. You know, mm. um, you know, it's it's and also, you know, I don't think the five day week is coming back to you. I mean, yeah. I mean, when people have spent so much time with their families and and they realize that you know so much so much of 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 life is spent with unnecessary traveling and mm. and meetings and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm hoping that that it will set, lead to a reset and show us how to enjoy uh, enjoy ourselves a little bit more. You know. Anyway, I'm well, sorry. Is, Kevin from, well, is Kevin from Manchester going to have to go to the management meeting in London on Friday? Yeah. As, or is he just going to zoom in? Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be okay. a great. That would be a good start. Yeah, yeah. Will we will we all want to do that commute still? If we can, you know, maybe some people will just work remotely and just rent office space one day a week to have face-to-face -face meetings yeah i know yeah exactly i mean what there's so many and also there's so many there's there's so many jobs that that uh there's a book actually called bullshit jobs that's just about um uh jobs that the actual people in the jobs would say if i didn't do this job it wouldn't make any difference in the world at all and it's it's yeah. it's, it's a really interesting book and it's just about how capitalism creates these uh, extra um, things that it doesn't need and they're not making anyone happy they're not paying very well and uh, you know I think it's something like universal ba basic income comes out of this then then maybe maybe it'll be it'll all have been worth it you know yeah well you've got um, in large corporations there are literally people employed just to market to um, Instagram influencers <laughs> really so, yeah, yeah. So that's their entire job is to get people on Instagram to promote their products. That's a great. That's a really interesting, interesting uh, character. Actually, I must, I must sort of think about that. That's a nice way to. That's a nice way into celebrity lives, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Well, that's how that James was. It James Makers, the guy that was found to be doing all sorts at the NSPCC. 
in the toilets in fetish gear. He was his role was to bring in um, yeah. so-called celebrities. Yeah, yeah, and charities. Yeah. I'm still so, banned by the NSPCC, but or blocked by the NSPCC. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, a, I'm a father of two kids, and I pointed out that one of their employees was was masturbating in the toilets and put, put putting it up online, and they blocked me. The NSPCC, the National Society for Protection of Children, absolutely. Who, how on earth, right? You so the NSPCC safeguarding. So you think that most people are pretty high on um, safeguarding policy and procedure. Mm. How did the conversations go in which they said, we will promote mermaids or we will promote um, transing kids with this man that's got a penis and large breasts and does poses for Playboy? Yeah, like, yeah. I know, I know. What can you what can you say, you know? It, it, we just keep coming back to it. The The... I think you're like you're like me. The sheer, the sheer, unbelievable. Why are people going along with it? I just yeah. don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, I don't know. Maybe the I watched the Twitter no Twitch stream with mermaids. Oh yes, I heard they that. had her, though. That was good. Well, they had um, they had. The, oh, he annoys me. The actor. Uh, he talks like that all the time in every character. Uh, Danish girl, that guy who played the Danish girl. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So he was on it, and I just thought, if you'd researched your character, the hmm. Danish girl, in any real, true acting type way, you wouldn't be promoting this to kids because he died having a uterus implant. Oh, really? Um, yeah, because he was he really was fixated in yeah. embodying I mean I haven't watched it because I don't think I could bear it because uh, I don't like the actor for a start and I certainly don't like the subject yeah. but um for him to be promoting that and then uh John fabulous whoever that guy is John who, uh, uh, is he the guy from Doctor Who yeah 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 so he must have been a really effeminate boy and he's promoting this stuff and, and Lorraine from Lorraine Kelly and all these people and um, then there's another guy called Sarah O'Connell who I don't know if it is a transsexual but is a trans woman and he has a channel with 2,000 subscribers and he managed to get Judd Apato the director yeah, yeah, to yeah. sort of do a trans day visibility so Judd Apato, Stephen Fry all these I like saw yeah. massive names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Catherine, Catherine, what's her name? Ryan, I think it is. Who? Uh, yeah. Who called? Who called people who want uh, segregated spaces weirdos? You know. I mean, I mean, what is going on in their heads? You know, and and they know the arguments. I I, I wrote a million times to to Catherine after that and said. How do you mean weirdos? What are you What are you talking about when you call people weirdos? Who, who Who? What about rape victims? What about you know? No response. Again, another line of reality there. They just have to. They can just yeah. ignore it because all their friends are ignoring it. You know. Do you think celebrity is threatened by this um, pandemic? Do you think that 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 will come out of it needing people to be actually talented before they become stars? I don't know. I mean, I haven't really kept up with the with the. Um, the the 
what would you call it the 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 map of the universe when it comes to celebrities you know I was never really I was never really engaged with any of that stuff at the best of times you know so now it now it doesn't really um I, I don't really you know but I'm one of those people who watches celebrity big brother and and just has no idea what's going on or who like yeah like it was very revealing wasn't it when one celebrity big brother they they brought someone on who wasn't a celebrity <laughs> you know yeah. I always imagine on celebrities Big Brother, when those when those celebrities go into the house and they see the other celebrities, oh god, they must feel terrible. They must feel terrible. They're in with them. <laughs> yeah, that's their level. Oh, I'm like him. I'm like him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, Big Brother was a great idea, wasn't it? I mean, if, the first season, I, it was a great experiment. Fantastic. First was amazing. I remember. But then, as soon as it, people wanted to be famous. I mean, well, I went on. Yeah, and as soon as people, um, as soon as they lost faith in the uh, premise themselves, like uh, I met one of the psychiatrists who used to give, uh, um, he used to he used to go on Big Brother and remember he used to say, oh, he touched his shoulder here, so that means he kind of likes him and all that sort of stuff, you know? And it was really interesting. They dropped that because after a while they didn't need it because people were stabbing each other on the show, so it wasn't it wasn't uh, yeah. lane anymore. But anyway, I was talking to this guy, and he said they brought him in to speak to him about the design, you know. And he had all these thoughts, like he said, "Don't make sure that the make sure that the the windows aren't the the doors or the the partitions between different rooms. Make sure that they're not glass, so because." You, it's a bad idea to be able to see people uh, in another room because people imagine that they're talking about them, you know, and people start to create, you know, nonsense in their heads and it makes people paranoid. And they use that principle uh, to build prisons, you know. They, 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 they had, I think, those kind of glass things like in that TV show Oz and then they got rid of them because they were, um, they were leading to, you know, more fights and all that sort of stuff. Well, apparently the producers listened to all this and, and basically just did everything he told them not to do. They just kind of made it to, and, and everything he said to do, they would, they, would, they would implement it. So they had the glass partitions, they had everything, just to try and pump up the paranoia, pump up the hatred. Yeah. And as a result, we had, do you remember that, that appalling one where they kept two people underneath, they kept two people in a different room, listening in to what the others were saying about them, and then came out and then gave them loads of drink as soon as they came out. Well, it's a celebration because you're coming out. So here are... 2,000 bottles of wine. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine, though, the, the, the meeting was, right, let's get them yeah, probably know, fist yeah. fighting. Yeah, and, and that was so disappointing because I thought that the first series was so, I don't know, there was something I would almost say tender about it. I don't know if you remember, but Anna, the lesbian uh, uh, nun, she, there was an ad for, for the show once, and it was just Anna just playing the guitar just beautifully and you know without knowing she was being observed and just and just playing it and it was just a lovely tender moment and then the next series it was people put pillows over people's faces <laughs> <laughs> well then of course from that we've got love island which i was there was a, one of my kids was watching something on facebook that was a or something on instagram that was a love island thing and then i went in the in my lounge and one of other of my children was watching that awful masked singer and i just thought yeah. here is society 
you've got young people with barely any connections being forced into sort of these sexual relationships and we're all watching them scantily clad and then you've got somebody in this gargantuan massive furry outfit on primetime tv with actual people judging the singing i must say i didn't watch more than five minutes but judging the singing and trying to guess who they are like is this the peak of whatever whatever thing we've been creating over the last 20 is this the peak of it because it's insane yeah but you know when you think about it who would have thought that a ballroom dancing show would have been would have taken over like i think i think i do have a bit of like sometimes I, I used to make fun of these shows. I remember the skiing show. I used to make fun of that. I thought that was hilarious. But but the thing is, all these ideas, you know, one day one will come along and again it'll probably have been rejected by three or four broadcasters. And it'll come on, you'll think you'll just think that is the best idea I've ever seen. Like I heard a great story about the way the cube was invented, which I quite enjoy. I think it, I think the cube is good Saturday night TV. But um I think now I could be right. I could this might just be anecdotal, but what I heard was they went in and they brought ping pong ball and uh, and a Pringles uh, um, uh, thing and they took the top off the Pringles thing and, and they said, okay, get this ping pong ball into the Pringles can, you know, uh, to the executive. And the executive did it. And they went, hey, and then he goes, okay, what if there was 200,000 pounds riding on that? <laughs> and I thought, I thought, that's a great pitch. That's a good pitch. Yeah. Well, such a silly idea, you know, and and a little bit sillier, and it would be one of the shows you're talking about, you know. Well, who I'd absolutely love Gogglebox, and yeah. I just think the idea of watching people talking through TV programs is who would think that would be good TV? But it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, no, it's lovely. It's a lovely show, and again, you know, and it's it's also nice to see to see people being funny in a way that they are. Like like for years, comedy used to portray. Uh, families as if they were all fucking, excuse me, they were all kind of wisecracker, wisecracking American comedians, you know, and, and, and the truth is that people are funny in, in so many different ways, yeah. in so many different ways, you know, and, and a show like that, it's a good thing for writers to watch, I think, you know, because, you know, it'll stop, it stops people from thinking gag, 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 you know. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. So um, what are you writing at the moment? Uh, just a TED musical, uh, just just kind of slogging through that, doing a new draft of it. Um, songs are great, cast is great so far. Uh, we're laughing a lot, you know, it's, it's wonderful. I, I use this book to write it. The Secret oh. Life of the American Musical. It's a brilliant, it's a brilliant book about, about why every song in a musical is where it is and what it does and why it's there, right. how different, how different musicals approach different types of songs and 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 how you can you know it was just it was just great and what i did was i copied the structure into my writing program and right. and i just kind of tried to make ted and dougal uh, hit all these points so it was uh, it was it, it, it was a really really useful thing to have in the early stage now it's kind of becoming its own thing because me and Arthur are rewriting it, and and it's it's growing because the cast and the and the and the uh, people behind the scenes are throwing in ideas, but um, but yeah, this is the thing I really wanted to write forever, which is uh, you know I I had this like just before the IT crowd, I said to myself, I'm going to stop thinking of myself as a hoity-toity artist, which I 
which I had remnants of thinking because I, because I always, you know, I, I, I was always a big fan of, of, you know, great, great artists, you know, like, like uh, Raymond Carver and, and, you know, filmmakers like Scorsese and stuff like that. And a little bit of me still wanted to be that kind of taken seriously artist, you know, but then few, just before IT crowd, I thought, fuck all that. Uh, uh, I'm good at one thing, which is writing funny scenes. Uh, I should dig into that. And with global warming and all these things going, I should I should really try and make people happy. That's the that's the important thing to do right now, you know. And the TED musical is is the thing. I mean, it's I don't I don't think it will be possible to watch it without feeling happy. <laughs> right. And when's it? So when is that likely to well, be finished and on the stage? When when people stop killing each other by being nearby each other. You know? <laughs> Is Just there... before this lockdown, we went to watch um, Mary Poppins. Oh yeah, I can't I can't say I was massively impressed. Is this I... the stage version? Yeah. Oh okay. So we went to uh, about a week before the lockdown. We went to took our smallest children, who are both bigger than me, uh, mm. to London to watch it. And um, that was it. Wasn't uh, you know when you're sort of thinking, God, these tickets are expensive. I hope it's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. it wasn't. But the funniest musical I've seen, and I'm not a huge fan of um, all musicals, was um, Legally Blonde. Oh, was it good? It's really just because I wasn't expecting it to be fabulous. It's absolutely yeah. so funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh well, you know, I. You see, the thing is, sitcoms. You, you often find that people who do musical theater are good in sitcoms and vice versa. You know, sitcoms are sitcoms lend themselves to that slightly larger performance uh, that that really, you know, in a sitcom, in a British sitcom especially, which are even more kind of fake looking uh, than the American sitcoms. Um, you know, it, it doesn't it wouldn't be out of the question for someone to break into song. So so uh, it, it you know it really suits me and the brilliant thing is we have Neil Hannon doing the music so whenever people stop laughing there'll be a killer tune you know because Neil just just can't not write killer tunes so I'm 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 dying for it to get on you know I mean I, I'm doing another rewrite at the moment but I'm hoping this one will solve most of the prop the, the real problems with it and then we can we can get it on its feet you know because. Oh my God! I can't wait for you to see some of the things that happen in it, you know. And and the great thing about it as well is that because it's a because it's longer than half an hour, and it's not part of the sitcom, they don't just reset the way that they they do in the TV show. They have to change. They have to become different people by the end of it. And, right. and that, that's really exciting, you know, being able to do that, you know, um, to to give these characters that have have like especially let's say Jack. I've had no depth. <laughs> to give them a bit of depth is um, really interesting, you know. And to do it in a way that doesn't betray them and doesn't doesn't betray the audience's trust that you won't screw it up, you know. That's yeah. all. I love all that. Well, it's it's so well loved, though, isn't it, Father Ted? That um, it's a big responsibility. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I think that the the important thing is to is is that people come in knowing it's going to be. A very different experience in a lot of ways, but it's it's not going to be Ted the TV show, but it's going to be something it's going to be something else, and hopefully something that they'll be able to. It, the whole thing I think is is almost like fan service. You know, do you know do you know that term fan service? 
It's like in Star Wars movies when they put in references to the Millennium Falcon. So all, oh, the, okay. all the fans can go, ooh, they said Millennium, they said the Millennium Falcon or, or they said the... <laughs> My husband that? is that man. Right, right. Well, well, I wanted to avoid that because we want to, we want to treat it like the last episode of the show and, and just have completely new jokes, um, completely surprising things. Um, to not really go where the audience think we're going to go, you know, and uh, right. and that's that's um, that's that's particularly enjoyable being able to do that, you know. Sorry, I can't remember why I brought that up. <laughs> Sorry. So no small cows, no, no small far away cows, no no, no cows no. that far. I love that so much. Yeah. That's probably one of my favourite jokes in the whole thing. <laughs> but the you know, cows are far away. Yeah, I mean, but you know, there might be little. There might be little. I mean, I have a feeling that our director Jeremy Heron might. He might. He'll probably, you know, put in things he likes, and it might end up being a little bit more familiar than, than than I think at the moment. But, but the important thing, I always, Arthur and I always felt the same thing. Never, you know, never repeat yourself. Um, always surprise people. You know, don't give them what they think they want. Give them what they don't know they want yet. <laughs> you know yeah yeah so so that's the plan <laughs> well it sounds pretty good and what do you watch then apart from dave uh, Chappelle? um oh dave Chappelle. i thought you meant dave the, the the tv channel uh actually i had a funny experience once when um i at a time when i was smoking a lot of grass i was watching tv and uh and i was flipping through the channels and the, did you know there's a channel channel called yesterday no it's like a nostalgia channel. It shows old TV shows, uh, but it was off the air when I when I came to it, and it literally said all it said on the screen was "Yesterday will return tomorrow." <laughs> and I, I was quite stoned, and I just stared at this for 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 so long trying to figure it out. And then and then after a while, I went, "It's a TV channel." Catching up on lots of Netflix, a uh, very good show uh, called the, the Sinner that I'm really enjoying. Um, you know, one, one thing that I recommend everyone does is is go through the, all those shows they usually ignore on Netflix with a with an internet uh, with a laptop and just look look for reviews and and try and get an idea of 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 what kind of thing. Because I was overlooking loads of things that actually seemed to be great. So, right. uh, yeah, there's tons of good stuff in there. I try to avoid the commitment of a long series. Really? I just I don't have the stamina. Really? To, okay. I just can't be bothered with the time commitment because then I'll just stay up till like four mm. in the morning. I remember my husband watching something saying it was brilliant. Uh, um, Line of Duty. And I was like, oh, yeah. I don't want to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. And then yeah. I watched it and I like watched six <laughs> six episodes until about three in the morning. And he's like, oh, yeah. do you like it? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to watch them all. <laughs> I, love, I love that. I love, I love uh, seeing something so good that, you know, like Game of Thrones was like that. You know, Game of Thrones, I just lived for that for a while, you know, because it was just so satisfying and so surprising and, um, and, and groundbreaking in so many ways, you know. Um, I, I, there's a rude word in the following story I want to tell, but it's too... It, it, you can it, say it. Well, it, it, the line... In, uh, did you watch Game of Thrones? No, I didn't. There was one line in Game of Thrones that really, really made me laugh. 
everyone in the show calls their the, the swords have names, you know, so they name their swords. So, you know, this, this, this character has a, a, a sword called dagger and she's hanging around with this, um, with this big guy who's, who's, uh, very brutal and, uh, horrible, but he's kind of, they've kind of teamed up for, for one, for one season of this show. <laughs> and, uh, they're, they're looking and, uh, and she says, I'll, 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 she says, don't worry, I have dagger with me, you know. And the guy says, do you name your sword? And she says, a lot of people name their swords. And he says, a lot of cunts. Oh, my God. There's a thing with dragons in it, you know. And they're, and they're saying that. I thought that was the funniest thing. I, I, I couldn't believe he said that. <laughs> but, um, so my, my final question then. Is yeah. what do you what makes you laugh? Um, well, you know, God, I mean, what in comedy? Mm. So, uh, what, what would you watch if you, if you uh, obviously, a lot of people, if they wanted to laugh, would watch something that you had written. <laughs> so, what do you watch? Well, you know, I, I love set pieces, set pieces are my favorite thing, and I think that's why people if they like my stuff, like my stuff, because I try and create set pieces. Like, like uh, the best example of that would be the, the uh, disabled gay musical in, in TED, where, where, where uh, or uh, sorry, in IT crowd, where um, Roy uh, kind of temporarily pretends he's disabled, but then everybody who meets him thinks he's disabled. And he's supposed to be at a thing with his friends. Um, and it just builds and builds and builds in a very natural way until it reaches a, a really nice ending. And it's those kind of things that I really love. A film that does it brilliantly is Dirty Rotten Scoundrels with Michael Caine and Steve Martin as two con men. And that's another joyous, joyous uh, uh, series of escalations based on misunderstandings and so on. And that's what I'm always looking for. I'm always looking for, you know, like those little germs of, I, the disabled thing came to me when I went into a disabled toilet and I saw those red cords and I thought, oh, what are they? What are they? You know, and they're, I guess they're help. They're, they're like uh, alarms or whatever, you know, so. <laughs> so, you know, it just kind of, and then that's mixed with the ideas. Oh, is it okay to go into a disabled toilet or is it not? People do it, but is it all right? You know, those little, those little cracks in reality in, 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 in uh, those little kind of um, unknown elements of etiquette that's, that uh, Seinfeld spoke about a lot. Um, those gray areas, uh, that's, that's where funny stuff lives for me. So I love seeing other people handle that type of thing. Curb Your Enthusiasm mm -hmm. is, a, is a great example, even though I'm not a huge fan of the show. But Seinfeld was, for me, the, 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 the king. And, and Faulty Towers, Seinfeld and Faulty Towers, you know. So, yeah, they're the things that really make me, make me laugh. I'm trying to find something more recent, <laughs> something that's yeah, not that's... years old. I just find too much of the too much of the comedy now is overtly political messaging, and I think, and I don't care whether I agree with it or not. I just don't want to hear it. Yeah, um, comedy is for me. Comedy is very pure, and you know, you can have political stuff, but like Chappelle again, he he's just great. But again, you know, you think you're getting something from political, and then he turns it, and you get something really silly, and vice versa. He's he's yeah. he's a genius. He, have you seen any any of his specials? Uh, I started to watch one, and I I 
think his his voice annoys me. Right. <laughs> so, so I didn't watch it. Well, you should have seen him him on Catherine Jenner. Catherine, Catherine Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner. He was so brilliant on Caitlyn Jenner, you know. And he said about about the whole uh, about how easy it was for Caitlyn Jenner Jenner to be uh, accepted as a woman. And he said, uh, Muhammad Ali. They, they, you know, the FBI investigated him when he wanted to change his name, you know. And yeah, he, yeah. he said, and this this is the thing that I loved. He said, it stinks of white privilege. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. I watched Ricky Gervais. So I'm I'm really like uh, Ricky Gervais. I sort of have a similar worldview, I think. Yeah. And um, always liked the stuff he did. And then I watched, I watched, is it Humanity? Where he spent about 10 minutes kind of apologizing and explaining the joke about Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, and really? for me, that's the first time I've ever seen him do anything remotely like that as sort of a big, long-winded, cowardly navigation of an apology and an explaining of the joke. And the yeah. one thing he never did was explain his joke. And if you didn't get it, it's because you just weren't, you know, you didn't, you didn't appreciate the humour. But not, I just thought that was interesting as the one topic that I've ever seen him, him well, do that. As always, it shows where the power is, doesn't it? I mean, that's at the moment. That's where the power is. You know, if you don't, if if you oppose this stuff uh, on any level, then the hammer falls. You know, so yeah. I get it. I get it. It it is disappointing, though. Well, I'm um, gonna go and do some quarantine <laughs> pandemic stuff. <laughs> okay. Okay. So and, exciting. Uh, me too. Me too. Thank but you so thank much. you very much. I'm very grateful that you're in this fight. I don't think you're a guest in it at all. I think this no. is your fight as much as everybody else's. Um, I do find it quite irritating when people say this is a woman's fight. It's not. It should be all of our fight because yeah. it's a fight for the truth and what is fair and just. Yeah. And if we then decide that this tribe, this fight, is only for women to uh, fight in, then it kind of misses the whole point. Yeah. So, well, anyway, I, as I always say, I'm, I'm, I'm defending my own sanity as well, you know. Yeah, because, you know, I can't live in an upside down world, it's not gonna happen. No. <laughs> no, well, I'm very grateful that you spoke up, and uh, in the fact that you're one of the only people that has, then I think we can all appreciate just how difficult it has been. But anyway, thank you very much indeed. Thank you so Cheers. much. always please don't forget to like subscribe and share thanks for listening